0: It's football season, and that means it's bug season. Heck, who am I kidding? It's always bug season in Texas. And that's why you need Grandeur Pest Solutions in your corner. They're locally owned and operated, they're trained, they're trustworthy, and they have a proven record as they have been in business for almost 10 years. They provide pest control against ants, bed bugs, bees, roaches, fleas, wasps, mosquitoes, rodents, spiders. If it crawls and you don't like it, they're probably going to take care of it for you. Now, they serve all of the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and they're locally owned. These two guys have been running this business since 2013, and every year they get bigger and bigger. But you know what they still do? They still have great customer service. In fact, if you get a hold of them, they're usually going to have your quote and your job ready to go within 48 hours. That's pretty good. Now, you can call them for a free estimate at 469-809-1769. You can find them online at grandeur4, that's the number 4, shore.com. You can also find them on Facebook. Just type in Grandeur Pet Solutions, and we are so happy that their title sponsor for Outdrank the Coverage in 2023.
1: Hey, I mean, that is a good point.
0: I think okay. we might start seeing some go back. It was a rough week in the NFL, if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan. But first, we're going to talk some college football. That's why we're going to be mean. Hello, everybody. Terry Bennett. Intern Noe here, Out drank the coverage, week four edition. Technically, week three, because we're looking back. But just in general, we just call it the week that we're talking. <sighs> Intern Noe, how are you doing, and what are you drinking?
1: Um, well, I'm not hungover, so that's one positive.
0: Well, let's work on that.
1: Yeah. Um uh, yeah, so yeah, health wise I feel great. Um as a cowboy fan, no, not so much. Yeah, it sucks. But overall, I mean, it's a good football weekend. Yep. And uh I'm drowning my sour sorrows today in uh MD twenty twenty. Oh my red god. Rape, red Grape Edition.
0: Oh my God, what is wrong with you, sir? What has happened to you? Oh hey, my gosh. We need to go
1: it down. It's all over. We I'm need to, done.
0: We need to go fund me for Noe for better alcohol. <laughs> the all
1: eat- right, Terry, How are you doing? What are you drinking?
0: Ah, life sucks, but I'm drinking, I don't know, the ninety-two proof that you brought you left me. So basically,
1: uh Horizon. Yes. Yeah.
0: And it tastes good, but but I'll be honest with you, I, I mainly I looked at the stuff that I had, and I went with the highest proof because it was just one of those days. Uh, Cheers, buddy. Yeah, cheers. Oh, yeah, yeah, cheers. But we will be talking about the Cowboys and the NFL here in a minute. But in the first segment, uh, we're going to talk some college football. I will say this. It kind of – and I don't know why. There were some good games. But this whole big weekend of all the ranked versus ranked It kind of felt like a little bit of a dud on Saturday night. It just didn't – there wasn't like – I mean, there were some good games. Florida State, Clemson, overtime was a great game. Uh, That Washington State, Oregon State game, or I like to call it the Big Ten Championship, that was a good game. But a lot of the other ones, man, they were either – I mean, they might have good endings, but they they were just kind of boring.
1: Yeah, and you and I talked about, I mean, of course, everybody's following Colorado right now. We can just start with that one. Yes, go ahead. But, you, but yeah, you and I knew that Colorado couldn't run the ball. Their offensive line was weak. Their defense wasn't really that good. And they're going to Eugene without their dual threat player, Travis Hunter, and it showed. Well, uh, I, Oregon, I, Oregon beat them 42-6. to six. Yeah. It was just a, a blowout win.
0: Yeah, and to be honest with you, I don't think Travis Hunter – wins that game. I think he might keep it close, but look, this is if you're a football fan and you don't have a, like, you don't have a rooting interest for or against Deion Sanders, you knew this was going to happen. And I, I'm actually, I I tend to, I'm rooting for him. He was a cowboy. I liked him when he was a cowboy. Um, there's some things out after that. That's kind of eh, in things that he did, but for the most part, I'm perfectly fine rooting for any program like Colorado, and we talked about it last week that, you know, Colorado is one of those programs you want to be good just for the sake of college football, but you knew this was going to happen. Like, you just, you, you, Colorado is still not a good football team. Good football teams, you go inside and out, period. I don't care what you're doing in today's football, throwing it 100 times, not throwing it. It all starts with your lines. And that's where Colorado, that's their biggest weaknesses and, and where, they need to rebuild if they are going to truly be a team over the next couple of years. That that's a top ten team.
1: Yeah, Dion's already proven that he's he can recruit and he can get players to transfer. So I want to see what they do in year three and year four when they actually have depth to compete with bigger schools.
0: And, and also being in a Big Twelve that I think will be easier. Um, and I'm not knocking the Big Twelve. I'm just saying I, I think the Big Twelve. Next year and going forward is, is not going to be the gauntlet that the Pac-12 is this year.
1: True, I mean this is probably the best year in the Pac-12 history. How crazy is that? As, as far as the playoff system goes, you know, and uh, you know, Washington looks good, USC looks good. They both their defenses don't look that great, but I mean, the Pac-12, what do you expect?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so Oregon, they stay unbeaten. W- what were your thoughts about the whole Lanning, Dan Lanning thing? Did it did it seem like he was taking this all a little too personal? Like, I mean, use what you need for motivation. But, man, I, I don't know. It just – it was like, dude, settle down. <laughs>
1: I, I really think it's just more of him trying to motivate his players. I think he, he knew just looking at his lineup versus Colorado's lineup that it was going to be – at least a double digit win for Oregon. And well, you know, part of him is also has to think about what happened last week in Lubbock. They almost lost to Texas tech. They needed a pick six at the end to seal the deal. So you kind of got to motivate your team some way. And that was kind of it. I I, I liked what he said, you know?
0: Yeah. It's weird though, because a lot of people, And we talked a little bit about this last week. This is being kind of drawn down the lines of some of it, and a lot of it, honestly, is racial, but it's also old school, new new school thinking. And that makes me laugh because if you know anything about Dion and just, like, how he played and the era he played, he's as old school as you can get. But because he's kind of knowing how to use the kneel, how to use the transfer window and, and use all that, people are, you know, like, he's the new way, and it's like, Did y'all really not think any coach was going to figure that out? Like, that's you're going to get coaches that are going to do what he does now. When they get a new job, they're just going to drop 90% of the roster. Okay. And in saying that, for all those now that are saying, well, it, you know, Deion's doing great. Last year's team was one in 11. Nobody from last year's team's on this team. So you can't keep using the whole, hey, they were 1-11 last year, so whatever they do this year is, is a good record because that, this isn't last year's team.
1: This isn't last year's team, but you do have to track progress. And winning three games as opposed to winning one game is progress. It's 300% improvement. Uh,
0: Stupid but, math. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm, I'm, you know, this is more of a long-term thing. If they make a bowl game this year, fantastic. They got a big home game next week against USC.
0: Oh, that's going to so get they, ugly.
1: That could get ugly. Uh, if Colorado can take advantage of USC not having the best defense, you know, maybe they'll make it interesting. Maybe the home crowd'll affect the game a little bit.
0: We'll see. Oh, you know, that's a good point. Let's see how the home crowd reacts now that they have a loss because Colorado they're a great fan base when they're winning and when they're not, they're not there and so I'm curious to see what we're going to get with that fan base. Are they still energized? Are they still charged up? Uh, but you brought up Texas Tech, and this is how we do this show. We're just going to go ahead and bounce. I want to yes. bounce to them because uh, they lose to West Virginia, 20-13. to 13. Tyler Schau gets hurt early in the game. Um, West Virginia is 3-1, but for all the talk about Dion and for all the talk about what he does and his brand, that's literally what Joey McGuire is, is preaching at Texas tech. In fact, they, it, it everything he does is hashtag brand. And, and I think Joey McGuire is doing wonderful things at Texas tech, but, yeah. but they're one in three. I mean, at some point what you're doing off the field is great and all, but you've got to start showing it on the field
1: hundred uh, percent agree. Um, this is his second season though. And I would give him at least four to five years because you can see that he's recruiting. Well, he's bringing good talent into Lubbock. And I want, I, he, he, I think he deserves at least one or two years in the new big 12 next season. Oh, I, I don't tech. think,
0: I don't think his job's in any, any cl- way close to being in danger. Um, but I, I, I mean, people were calling them, uh, a dark horse for the Big 12, a dark horse to hey, if things break right, they could be this year's TCU and, and things like that. Um, so no, I, I'm not. I'm not claiming that he needs to have his job uh, on the hot seat or anything. I just think at some point though that they've got to start showing on the field results and not just how it looks on Twitter and, and all that kind of fun stuff.
1: Yeah, 100% agree. Uh, yeah, so West Virginia is three and one. Yep. I mean, they. Their, their coach was definitely on the hot seat, so that's a good start for them. I, I think it's, it's a it's a week three and one. We'll, we'll see how it plays out when they finish the Big 12 schedule. But, I mean, hey, good start for them. Um, uh, you want to just stay on the Big 12? Yeah, let's go stay in the Big 12. Yeah, now now, the big 12. We'll, uh, back to the other big games later.
0: No, we'll go to Big 12, and then we'll bounce around at the end of this segment on the outside games of Texas last week.
1: Okay, well. Houston beat Sam Houston. Uh, there's not much going on there. Houston had a freshman running back, uh, got a hundred yards, two touchdowns. His name is Parker Jenkins. Yep. So, Kind of a good bounce back for Houston.
0: Yeah, they needed uh, it. They had struggled with some lesser opponents the last few years for them to get a blowout win. I, I think it's really, really important for them and for their psyche. Um, Iowa state and Oklahoma state, if you'd have told me that the winner would need to score at least 28 points in this game, I'd have thought you were crazy, but Hey, that's how it works in football. Two teams that have just absolutely been terrible offensively, at least woke up a little bit uh, in, in this game. Uh, Rocco Beck had 348 yards and three touchdowns and, and a key touchdown in the fourth quarter. Iowa State's doing what Iowa State does. They're going to lose some games early, look really crappy. But I tell you what, they're one of the teams as a Texas fan. I absolutely fear playing every year because Matt Campbell just knows how to get them up for those type of games.
1: Iowa mean, I State was going to be a dark horse for the Big 12 as yeah, well. Yeah, they were another one. Hunter deckers, deckers and the whole gambling stuff kind of eliminated one of the best quarterbacks in the country from this season. So, yeah, I mean, their offense has struggled. That's their excuse for Iowa State. Their quarterback yeah. gambled too much out for the year. Oklahoma State, I mean, they're just self-destructing. They got no line play. They're they're penalty prone. Uh, it's just they play an ugly football.
0: Yeah, how long and, does Gundy have there? Now, and let's be fair, there have been other times in his tenure where there's been a two- or three-year window where it looked. Oh, every time you drink that, I just want to throw up. Good God. Uh, but uh, there's been multiple times in his career.
1: Pause, pause. You know what makes it worse? What? I need to brush my teeth before I... Oh,
0: no, that's teeth. going on. That's, there's no pause there. You just had to do that. Oh, you got minty MD. Jesus Christ, dude. I'm uh, feeling
1: dead inside, Terry.
0: Yeah, that's the that, that's the acid eating through your stomach right now. It's, it's like your adrenaline and your 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 endorphins are saving you from the pain you're, you're going to feel. What I don't know what I'm saying. I'm drinking 92 proof, and we're recording at 1045 in the morning. So, hey, you know what it works. This is our first step. Here in about eight weeks, we're going to just start the show with, huh? I'm Terry and Noe, and we're alcohol. <laughs> uh, but anyway, going back to Gundy, I mean, there's there, there has been other points in his his coaching career there where they've had a two or three year window where they're just not great. But he's always kind of pulled it back out. But I mean, it, it, at one point you kept him there because he's an Oklahoma State guy. Uh, he, he won some games. They never have quite reached the level that you feel like they should. And now they're going below their normal full floor. I, I just have, you've got to think at some point, one of the boosters or multiple boosters are like, Hey, we can do better than this.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of money going into that team. i mean, T boom Pickens and his money, you know? Uh, but yeah, at some point, I mean, I, I think the boosters like him though. So I think they'll just, throw this season away. Now
0: let's remember that T boom Pickens is dead. So at some point that money's going to dry up.
1: Yeah, so money, yeah. Money will dry up, but this is a well-funded program. Yeah. They, there is expectations and they have, you know, at some point he can't live in the past there yeah. because even like in That's the good, good years where they maybe lost one or two games, those were games they should not have lost. And they were in the discussion for playing for a championship. So you got to factor
0: that in too. And maybe part of his pitch going forward is, hey, look, you know, Oklahoma and Texas are gone. That's the two programs that basically always kept us as a third tier for the most part. So without them, I don't know. I, I just think that, that I think at some point, um, you know, even when they had those down years, it usually was because they were losing 55 to 45. Fans, that can be annoying, but at least that's fine. You know, Mike Leach, that's at least fine. When you start losing 34 to 27, and legitimately 27 might be your high point scoring for the year, I I think fans are going to start getting bored. And as you know, that's the worst thing. You can lose or win, but as long as you're bringing fans in. But once they stop coming in, uh, I don't know. Hey, Kansas BYU, man, that's a hell of a Big Twelve debut. That's the Big Twelve I like. As Kansas outlast BYU thirty eight to twenty seven. Kansas looked really good in the reds with the white helmet. You know, we had just talked about last week. I'm not real big on the all one color in pro, but in college, it's okay. I I thought that looked really good. Uh, Defense, two returns uh, was really the difference. One of them was a scoop and score. I can't remember who it was. Poor running back for BYU just absolutely got destroyed, fumbled the ball, picked up, scooped, and scored. Kansas now back-to-back for the first time in 100 years. They're 4-0, and Jalen Daniels is still standing. I don't know how, because, man, BYU was living in the backfield in that game.
1: That could be a sign of things to come. Uh, you know, Kansas, Lance Leopold, he's, he's doing a really good job so far. There. Oh, yeah. They're getting, like, like many of these other guys, you get, once you get, get good recruits, it starts to show on the field. And they got a pretty dynamic quarterback there. They didn't really need him as much in this game. The running game was doing pretty good, and the defense was creating a lot of opportunities for scoring. But, uh, you know, BYU's a good team.
0: Yeah, Yeah, they're a solid team. Both of these are solid, good teams.
1: Very resilient. But Kansas did the same thing last year, and then their quarterback, Daniels, got hurt, and they went on that losing streak. Yeah, I want to see – next week's a big contest for Kansas because they go to Austin to play number three, Texas. So that'll be – That'll be a game. That'll
0: be one of the games of the day. Oh, yeah. Actually. Well, I, I think it'll start out. I, I don't think it'll stay as a game of the day. Uh, in fact, let's go ahead and go Texas. I, I thought, all things considered, Texas, last uh, this Saturday might have been their best performance of the year. Uh, they go on the road playing an old-time rival for officially the last time, at least for a while. I think eventually they'll pick up some of these schools in non-con uh, but they go on the road, and they—it's it, never—it's never in doubt, and that's the thing that—the one thing I think Texas fans and in Texas people in general and people in the media were waiting to see is okay Texas played great against you know uh Alabama and beat them but they kind of struggled against Wyoming they kind of struggled against Rice they didn't struggle against Baylor absolutely dominating them 500 yards of offense five touchdowns uh the defense ha- was five kept Baylor 5 of 18 on third down five sacks 60 yards rushing allowed and and again all this is a positive for Texas because of how Baylor is not good, and it still could have been a one of those word games. You go to Waco, last game, all that. I, I just think Texas is really humming nicely right now.
1: Well, yeah, Baylor, I mean, the, you know, good job of mentioning the rushing yards because, you know, Dawson Pendergrass and Richard Reese are two really good running backs, yes. and UT basically shut them down. So they kind of – forcing Baylor to pass is not – the best thing sorry robertson decent quarterback but yeah not a guy that you should be putting the game in his hands uh it you know just it kind of just shows you the difference between a team that wins and a team that loses third down conversions that's just very huge if you can't convert on that i mean you can have all the yards you want but if you can't extend the chain like stay on the field at you're going to lose every game. I It's a game that, I mean, if I was a UT fan, I'd have been nervous going into it because you just don't know what's going to happen. It, Baylor could have just run it for 300 yards just because maybe UT's defense might not be as good as people think. But I mean, UT kind of proved it, that they're legit. And I, I'm really excited to see what happens next week against Kansas. That'll, that'll be a good barometer. And then of course, in two weeks, against another equally good defense in Oklahoma, you and I will both be out of town, but kind of kind of close by, but in different cities.
0: <laughs> well, actually, I will now be in town. Uh, Grant will oh. be there. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to go to Barbacoa and Big Red, um, which I'm not sad about, but I'll explain that off the air. Let's talk about Oklahoma. They beat Cincinnati 20-6. to 6. Dylan Gabriel gets his first win in three tries versus Cincinnati. That's just one of those weird, you know, That that's when you've got – Quarterbacks playing for 15 years in college now. That was like that Bo Nix that that uh, meme about you know Bo Nix played Justin Herbert in college. That was four years ago, and, and Bo Nix is still playing football. But you know what? I, again, okay win for Oklahoma. Um, they're they're okay now. In saying that, as a Texas fan, I'm still extremely nervous about. You're always nervous about any rivalry game, um, but I. I am more nervous about the Kansas game than I am the, the Oklahoma game. And I'm not really nervous about either one of them. I, I just don't think Oklahoma can score this year.
1: They're, they're getting a lot of yards though. So that's a positive thing. And Gabriel is being really consistent. I mean, last year he was pretty good and then got hurt and yeah. then he got back. It seemed like he still wasn't recovered from his injury and he was kind I of agree. inconsistent, but yeah, this year, I mean, he's he's on fire. Um, but, I mean, they haven't, played no it since, huh? they haven't played anybody. It wasn't since they haven't played anybody. This is probably their best yeah. the best team they've played so far. And it was in Cincinnati. I mean, it was a pretty just, you know, let rely on your defense so far the, their defense has looked good. I will again, like to see what happens in two weeks, yeah, Dallas, the Red River shootout. So uh, will it be will it still be called the Red River shootout next year?
0: Uh, yeah, actually, they confirmed that it, it's, I mean, it's still they're not. They're not going to allow – or they're not going to allow. The SEC has basically said they can keep their dates and and all that. That's not going to mess up anything. Um, What it will probably start being is probably maybe the first SEC game for one of the teams or maybe both. I I could also see the SEC throwing uh, Texas up against an Arkansas really early. I think the bigger question is – and this is going off tangent, but this is what we do. um, Will Texas and A&M, will that go back to being a Thanksgiving thing? I mean, I, I feel it should But, I mean, you you got to fit it inside the framework of, of, of the SEC now. You know, I mean, and so I think it should. But I also understand as a Texas fan that, hey, we're in a new conference. So if, if we have to choose, I'd rather keep Oklahoma, Texas where it's at and then a and texas can be all over the schedule if it has to be. I don't know. Um, or maybe what they would do, and, and I wouldn't hate this, is maybe you alternate texas and Arcan- uh, A&M and Arkansas as the Texas Thanksgiving home game each year. That, that would be kind of fun. I'm telling you, man, no, I'm, I'm as excited about Arkansas-Texas. I, I know Texas fans get snobby on that crap. I don't. I grew up in East Texas where there's a ton of uh, uh, Razorback fans. I'm just as excited for Texas or Arkansas to be starting back up.
1: And, you know, by next year and going forward, Arkansas has basically built a nice program going forward. I'm I'm curious to see what Sam Pittman does before he eventually retires.
0: Well, you're trying to get rid of him. You brought that up last week, and I'm like, man, you act like he's 72 or something. Uh, He's 61. He
1: he himself said that he doesn't plan on staying there too long. He just wants
0: to
1: build up the program and pass it on to – his successor. Yeah. But, a
0: but, but I still, I still feel that that's at least a four year. I mean, as long as they're being consistently good. Now, if they start to backslide within, you know, I could see him going, okay, you know what? I don't need to do this anymore. I'm out. But I, I still think it's 61. He probably at least goes to 65 or so.
1: Oh uh, yeah, for sure. I a hundred percent agree with that. And I want to see what they do post KJ Jefferson. I mean, that he's a pretty good quarterback. A, a bit like Cam Newton, Uh, keeps them in games a lot. So it'd be nice to see how Sam Pittman and Arkansas play once he graduates and maybe goes to the NFL.
0: Yeah, no, I I totally agree with that. And it's curious to see how the NFL is going to treat him because I kind of feel like he's going to be one of those that they're going to want him to be more tight end, wide receiver – and I'm not. I don't necessarily think they're wrong. When I, when I look at him, I love watching him play. But I don't think, man, that's a great quarterback. I think, man, it's just a great player that happens to play quarterback. Uh and Now you were. I think you were a little higher on this win than I was. They beat Auburn 27 to 10. It was impressive. Max Johnson came in, through for two touchdowns, uh, as Connor Weidman was hurt. But I mean, Auburn's Auburn is a few years off. Now in saying that they were a few years off 10 years ago and Cameron Newton transferred and boom, they won a national championship. But I, I, I still think a and still got all the same problems that they've, they've had.
1: Yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, this, this should have been more of a, a blowout. I mean, Hugh Freeze freezes doing a really good job at Auburn, but it's his first year. Yeah. He still needs a couple more
0: years to get those dollar bills out. So,
1: we, we all know he's great at recruiting, whether legally or illegally. Looking
0: for strip clubs around Auburn. Just saying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, you yeah, know, I mean, force for anybody in the next two to three years. Uh, but yeah, a and I mean, as, as long as I keep winning, Jimbo Fisher will keep his job. Not as I mean, I was kind of impressed with, again, Bobby Petrino, offensive coordinator. He I, I thought he responded well in the second half with the backup quarterback. I agree. Uh, I think one of the past, one of the touchdowns Max Johnson threw was to his brother. Oh, was it? And they haven't really. Yeah. I don't think they connected since like high school. So it just mean, kind of makes sense, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, it was a good one for A&M kind of keeps Jimbo Fisher in call station for at least another week. And then we'll just see how the season goes for them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, they have such high hopes every year. And then they just – they don't even get deep into the season. that That's the thing about AM. It's not like they're doing that where they're getting 8-0 and 9-0. It's It's—it's like three games in, you can already burn down their season and, and move on. Now, in saying that, th- th- I mean, they still have a valid chance at the West. Um, let's go ahead and talk about Alabama as we're just bouncing around. They beat Missis- uh, Mississippi Ole Miss 24-10. to Okay, now you and I might again might disagree. Everybody's saying, "Oh, that was an ugly win." I mean, they, they beat the number fifteen team in the team or, or in the country. Have we got to the point with Alabama where we're over expecting? I mean, that's a fourteen. That's a two touchdown uh, win against a top fifteen team. That that should be considered a solid win. But everybody, not just you, but everybody's talking about Alabama oh, wins ugly. And I mean, okay, it's a win.
1: Well, ever since Tua replaced Jalen Hurst in that championship game, we saw a like, more dynamic offense from yeah. Alabama. So we're so used to them getting 40 points, even against really good teams. So them just getting 17 against South Florida last week and yeah. before against Ole Miss, and it was, you know, 17 to 10 going into the fourth. I am impressed what Alabama did to Ole Miss, def- or Ole Miss in the rushing game. Exactly. Because they have, yeah, they have Jackson Dart. They have Kinshawn Judkins. Those are two guys that could probably be day one NFL starters today. And the you know, Ole Miss only had 56 yards rushing, so kudos to them. I, I really think of Alabama, they're going to succeed. I, I, it seems their quarterback play is kind of weak, so relying more on the running game, basically what they used to do when they were winning championships in the early 2010s, uh, safe quarterback, run for 200 yards, Yeah, get out. Well, and if and you play- didn't –
0: yeah, if you'd have told me going into the game that they would score 24 against Ole Miss, I'd have thought they'd have lost. Um, exactly. I, I really did, but but you know what? I can't do it anymore. Let's go to the fucking NFL. We got to talk this game. I am so – no, I'm actually not that mad. I'm just ready to talk Cowboys. I, I got this – just everything I, – I, I'm, I'm trying to talk Texas, and I'm trying to talk OU, and all I hear is Cowboys, 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 Cowboys because yesterday was – exactly the thing that you and I said that Dallas had gotten really good about not doing, and that's losing to bad teams. And they lost to a bad team, but they didn't lose it. I mean, it wasn't fluky. Uh, I mean, if if you want to be honest, there was nothing fluky about what the Cardinals did. They got 400 yards of offense. They got 21st downs. Uh, They even had eight penalties for all the talk about Dallas's penalties problems. Arizona shot themselves in the foot as well. Um, but they came out the very first play of the game. Joshua Dobbs goes like 44 yards on a naked bootleg, and they, dude, it was it was everything that I hate about when Dallas loses. Not because they lost; you're going to lose in the NFL. It's just the reaction from everybody. It just it's such tired head.
1: What's your immediate thought when you think of the Cowboy game against Arizona? Uh,
0: defense. Played undisciplined um, offense without three offensive linemen. You saw why. I mean, you saw what was going to happen. Um, it, I, you know, yesterday I was being in the moment and I was saying, "Oh, the defense is reading." Oops, the defense is reading their their press clippings, and I do think some of that might have been it. But I went back this morning and I watched every defensive snap, and, and what I saw the most was simply a defense that wasn't playing discipline. The, 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 the edges were not being set. Uh, the very first play, man, Dobbs did the, does that naked bootleg, and Micah Parsons is right there to make a play. But Micah Parsons get caught flat-footed. He got caught fat, flat-footed, and then there was the big touchdown with Moore on the little jet sweep, and Donovan Wilson, You, you go watch it, he's the last line of defense. He gets caught flat-footed. When teams are getting caught flat-footed, that means they're out of position, but that also means they weren't—they uh, weren't respecting their opponent enough, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Uh, very, hey, congratulations to Jonathan Gannon, former Eagles defensive coordinator. Yep. This is his first win. Congratulations to quarterback Joshua Dobbs. A month ago yesterday, he got signed by Arizona. Yep. Same day they cut Colt McCoy. And it looked like Arizona was going to do a, a tank job because they have a lot of 2024 picks. I think that's what they want to do. But they have to play, actually try to play and win during the season yeah. because you you might have some gems on that team. You just don't know it until they are on the field. Uh, but, yeah, Gannon got his first win. He, they they should have beat Washington.
0: Should have beat the Giants. Uh,
1: they, they had the lead in all three of the games this season and at half. This is the one they actually closed out. So good for them. Uh, the Paris Johnson and DJ Humphreys look like anchors at that tackle position for years to come. Uh, or Dallas just didn't come to play. Well, uh, but now. A lot of, go
0: ahead. I was going to say Dallas only got two sacks, but Dallas still got pressure all game. Mm-hmm. Dallas was living in that backfield. Uh, Joshua Dobbs to get, to his credit just stayed composed. Like he just never they never got to rattle him. Even when they got to him, they never got to rattle him. The offensive game plan was brilliant. Again, they they did counters, they did traps, they did, they did so many plays that sucked in the Dallas Ends, both D Law and, and Micah Parsons, that would suck them in and, and then bounce out or trap them inside and bounce out. And you know, Everybody's like, well, you know, this is why they drafted a a tackle in the first round. Dallas's interior defense was fine. Anytime that the Cardinals just tried to run up the middle, Dallas usually stuffed them and usually stuffed them pretty consistently. It was all the things where an offensive coordinator, and I I can't even think who the offensive coordinator is for the Cardinals off the top of my head.
1: I think he's 30 years old. I remember that.
0: Yeah, that's right, because they kept saying that, you know, Mike McCarthy's been coaching 30 years, and that guy's 30 years old. But he did a really good job of using dallas's aggressiveness against them uh, now there, it didn't all work there was a couple reverses and, and a, a couple plays that backfired but for the most part it was just a weird game like there was a couple times where like there's a cowboy sitting right there to make the play and it's almost like they just didn't see like like the guy would run by them and then they're they would like react and 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 let's be honest i i, I think I think maybe everything that happened this past week affected them way more than they want to admit. Like like Diggs being hurt and how it happened. And just on Wednesday, we're talking Dallas, maybe one of the greatest defenses of all time. And then, boom, Diggs is hurt. Oh, and then Tyler Bedazs hurt. Oh, and now Zach Martin's not playing. Oh, and then Tyron Smith's not playing. Everything from Wednesday to Saturday, just it was just crap news after crap news after crap news.
1: Yeah, a lot of, you mean, there's certain things you don't see on a stat line. And one of them is how a team feels Yeah, uh, like the locker room leader, the, the, the veteran that comes in might not be a great player, but he can really get that team going in the locker room. And it translates onto the field, losing digs. It seemed to have been like a gut punch for the Cowboys.
0: And, and, and I think part of it is, is he is so low key back there. Have you ever noticed that? Like, he's not a big chirper. Like you know, he'll celebrate if he knocks a pass down, or but you know he's not one of those that every time there's an incompletion or his way, he's not pointing at the sky. He's not. It, it, he's just very calm, and and it if you watched, especially in that first half. The Dallas yeah. defense was snapping at each other. They were biting. LVE and Parsons were fighting with each other right before one of the big plays. You could tell Micah Parsons had no clue what was going on. He was, and I don't mean like he was in the wrong. I'm just saying he didn't know the play or something. He keeps doing his hands up, doing his hands up. The snap happens. It's a big like 20 yard play, and you could tell he was frustrated. Al Harris is on the sideline trying to to regroup them. It just it it happens, folks. It's it's frustrating because they were two and zero, and they should be three and oh and they're about to hit a stretch where they could easily lose two out of three and so you go is this one of those lost moments but it also it's it's a trap game because they're about to face a stretch where they could easily lose two out of three I mean I, I just think that this was one of those Sundays where everything worked right for the Cardinals and nothing seemed to work right for the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, this, this began a stretch where they played three games out of four on the road. Yep. Next week, they play the Patriots at home. And then the next two weeks, it'll be at San Francisco and then at the L.A. Chargers. And then they get a bye and then they host the Rams.
0: And the Rams are not a bad team this year. We've talked about that.
1: With the healthy Matt Stafford, anything's possible, apparently. so
0: and then they get the th- Eagles and then you know, I mean again, this is a tough schedule. It, it, it's it's going to be and and that's why again, it's so frustrating when when they lose a game like this. But I'll tell you what's more frustrating is games like this show exactly why people not cowboy fans. Because if you're – you know, I'm on all these Cowboy Facebook things the, to talk Cowboys yep. but to promote the show. And, and oh, my God, the Dak hate is ridiculous. There is nothing about that game last night or yesterday that made me think Dak was terrible. With three offensive linemen out, Dak was 25 or 40 with five drops. So you could 30 or 40. If his guys just simply make the catch, 30 or 40, uh, and his scrambling – you know, that, that was the most uh, I've seen mm-hmm. Dak scramble since pre injury of 2020. Like, yeah,
1: he looked really good. Yeah. Uh, it, dude, it, think about Tony Romo. I always go back to that 2013 game, hosted the Colts or no, the Broncos. This yeah. was Manning's MVP season where he had like 55 touchdowns, 5,000 plus yards, a ridiculous season offensively for the Broncos. They ended up going to the Super Bowl, losing to the Seahawks. But in that game, the Colts—sorry, I keep saying Colts—the Broncos won 51 to 48, and people were trashing Romo for one interception he threw.
0: Well, but yeah. Romo
1: had four or five touchdowns in that game and over almost 500 yards. Yeah, but they're gonna trash him for one interception. When I'm thinking, okay, he he helped Dallas get to 48 points. How was that not enough? Why aren't you talking about the defense?
0: Yeah.
1: Well, and so I, like. To bring it back to this game. Why why aren't people talking more about the defense? Why are they talking about Dak? It doesn't make any sense to me
0: at all. And and the same thing that happened yesterday in the second half is the thing that I have been saying since Quinn got there and, and since he's improved the defense and the defense has improved, but okay. So Dallas makes it 21, 16. You feel like, okay, they're finally gaining some control. The defense had kind of started to shut down the Cardinals. They hadn't scored in the second half. All Dallas, plenty of time left on the clock. It's 21-16. You get the ball back. At worst, you're kicking probably for a field goal because Dallas was starting to move the ball. And what happens? Broken coverage, a big play, and they get get down to like the 15. And you go, okay, they still can stop them and just at worst hold them to a field goal. And and then – Dobbs hits uh, Hollywood Brown for a touchdown. And this is going to show, look, I, I like Stephon Gilmore, but this is why Stephon Gilmore is really good right now in his career as a 1B. When you're, when you're asking him now to take over and, and go, okay, you're the guy that's got to make the, the shutdown plays, he's not going to always do it. And, and so I go back to with this defense, as good as it is, there are times that when they need to make the drive, just make the stop. They They – that's when they tend to give up the big plays. And yesterday was all big plays. The Cardinals didn't methodically move down the field by any stretch. It was all big plays. Dallas was just absolutely – like this looked like the 2020 defense as as far as just how many big plays they were giving giving up consistently.
1: Yeah, I mean, Dobbs had a big run of 44 yards. Rondell Moore had the 45-yard touchdown. Uh, Michael Wilson, that broken coverage play you were mentioned late in the game. Yep that was 69 yarders. So yeah, most of those yards, big plays. It, yeah. Yeah. It's just a disappointing performance in the seven said that I was really impressed with Michael Gallup. Yeah. It was good to see that catches Pollard had his first hundred yard game of the season. They're, they're using Pollard a lot and it, it looking, I mean, they had almost 200 yards rushing overall as a team. Rico Dowdle looks really good. Looked
0: Real good. Um, Turpin had a great punt return again. Let's go back to penalties. Turpin had a great punt return called back of a penalty. This just, this was the game. And and you hope that maybe that's just, there's going to be three or four of these. You can't help it. And and you're hoping that it, Hey, this is just, it happens and move on. But I want to also go back to Mike McCarthy. He's so big on this. His whole thing he sold people was, is when I wasn't coaching, I sat and watched every thousand games and i i've come back as a different guy and 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 his play calling was perfectly fine but he just doesn't know when and when not to go for it like you, you you don't go for it at that point when you can i know kick another field goal that's boring but again your defense was starting to kind of settle down at that point your defense was starting to make plays. You were starting to kind of lean on the Cardinals and move the ball, even though you couldn't. You couldn't. You know, Dak could rarely plant his back foot without getting pressure. You still were moving the ball. You kicked the field goal right there. There was no need to be ultra aggressive in that moment.
1: Oh, completely agree. I mean, I'm glad you brought up the penalties. The Cowboys had 13 penalties overall in this game. Uh, 10, I think, on defense. Uh, total 170 yards. Uh, but, yeah, Mike McCarthy, they were inside the Arizona 10 in the second half three times and only got three points out yeah. of it. They went for fourth down once, didn't convert. They went for it again, interception. I think it's their first turnover of the season, too. Yeah,
0: it was. It was their first turnover.
1: Yeah, so 10 possessions inside the 10, only three points. That's a big difference. The the penalties. Oh God! And then you you brought up the Turpin one. That was a that that could have been a momentum changer.
0: Yeah, you're at least talking again another field goal. At worst, I mean, at at worst, you're talking it's it's 19 points and it's 21 19, and and maybe you're not trying to go for it uh, later on. And and it was good to see Turpin with a return because again, I I've I've been kind of like, what's his point on the roster? Uh, Now, in saying that, uh, 13. I think twelve of them were in the first half. Like it was definitely. Even though the defense gave up a big play on that one drive, it was a tell of two halves. Dallas won the won the second half. They outscored them ten to seven. Or uh, I'm sorry, they, I'm sorry. They lost by point seven to six, not ten to seven. But they basically like they controlled the game in the second half. Like that felt more until that big play. And again, give the Cardinal offensive uh, coordinator credit for. You know, a lot of teams at that point you're kind of you're, you're kind of you know teetering. You've been leading all day. The teams that's supposed to win is starting to kind of crawl back. A lot of teams would have just ran it three times and punted. He went for the the juggler and, and it made it play off pay off. And I'm going to say it again: this Dallas defense is going to be high risk, high reward all year. There's going to be games where they're not getting to the quarterback, and when they're not, what happens then? And we saw that this week.
1: You asked earlier his the the Arizona offensive coordinator his name is Drew Petzing, mm. but yeah 30, 30 years old uh, he had a good he had a great game plan you, have to, you know give it up to him and I'm curious to see what they do the rest of the season because I I kind of hope Arizona is actually pretty competitive because this leaves a bad taste in my mouth more so than the MD 2020. <laughs>
0: Okay, so tell me cuz you and I, I mean, we're both big fans, but you and I I always I always joke that in life you're more analytical, I'm more emotional, but when it comes to the Cowboys, we tend to flip. You're more emotional. Why? I mean, if Dallas goes on and does what Dallas does and they're perfectly fine, why does this game bother you so much?
1: Because of history. You you you've seen years where Dallas has a good season like this, but they get screwed over playoff seed-wise because they had a loss they should not have lost.
0: But every team has a loss they should not have lost in the season. Every team, even the great way. I mean, we were saying it off the air. Kansas City lost to the the Colts last year. And I remember when that happened. I think it was week three too, wasn't it? Like week three or week two. And I remember when that happened because we all thought the AFC was so powerful last week. We were all like, holy crap, they lost to the Colts, man. That's going to completely change everything for them in their playoffs this year. Mahomes is probably gonna to have to go on the road now and and nothing changed.
1: Well, and that it, that kind of given that gave everybody a blueprint on how maybe they could defend Kansas City last year. And then Kansas City immediately switched gears and they were unstoppable because what the Colts were doing last year was they just dropped everybody back. Yeah. They did not want Kansas City to make a big play. So they just try to make Kansas City work for it. And this point, you know, Tyreek Hill was already gone. And Mahomes uh, only had Juju Smith-Schuster and MBS as deep play threats. And he didn't really gel with them until later in the year, especially with Schuster. Uh, so that's when you started seeing Travis Kelsey with 14 catches, 98 yards stat line. That yeah. two they just started changing their whole game. And uh, so, yeah. That can't happen, but Kansas City responded. I'm curious to see what the Dallas Cowboys do in this regard. Again, another case in point, 2014, they had that bad Monday night loss to the uh, Washington Redskins.
0: The Colt McCoy game.
1: Yeah, the Colt McCoy game. And DeMarco Murray had a big game in there. They should have won. They were rolling. They had beaten Seattle. Everybody started thinking Dallas was a really good team. Not a good defense, but it's a team that could – keep the time of possession close to 40 minutes on their end. And they lost in overtime and that ended up, they ended up being a three-way tie for the number one spot in the NFC. But uh, I think Seattle got the number one. Green Bay got number two. Dallas ended up having to get the three seed and go on the road or not go on the road, but play a wild card game.
0: Well, go on the road in the second round is what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And then
1: that ended up being a snowy game in Green Bay. And I don't want to talk anymore about that one.
0: Well, but I mean, again, though, they're not going to go undefeated. So they're going to lose. There's good. They're going to lose three to six games, whether we like it or not. Um, it, th- again, this one's, I don't think it, I, I guess the reason I don't have an issue with it. I mean, I have an issue with it as a fan, but if you're going to have one of these games where you kind of, you started reading your press clippings, whatever the case may be. I'd rather have it in week three than in week 11 or week 12 or week 14 or week 15. 100% Agree,
1: a hundred percent.
0: agree. I mean, you know, if, if in, you know, I, I still think, I still think they beat the Patriots. I still think they beat the chargers and, and to be fair, if they do beat the Chargers, and this is where, this is why you can never predict on the schedule, if you, you know, and I even said this yesterday to you, I had Dallas being two and one after three games anyway, not maybe the way I thought it would go. uh, But now I also had Dallas losing to the chargers. Now I think Dallas will beat the chargers. And and, and so you beat the Patriots, you beat the chargers, the 49ers until Dallas can beat them. You know, as long as the 49ers are healthy in that game, I have the 49ers winning. You're still sitting at five and two and you're, I mean, as comfortable as you can be.
1: Yeah. Again, let's see how it plays out. Just, it, it was a bad game overall, but hopefully, if they're resilient, they could put this to bed, learn from their mistakes, and you know have a home game against New England and start fresh.
0: Uh, I was sitting there looking at the uh, twenty because again we talked about the Colts, uh, the Colts beating the Chiefs. I was sitting there looking at the twenty twenty one rounds, and and they're they're a team that like they at times look like world beaters and then would get beat by 17 to a different Cardinals team. That was a solid Cardinals team, but then get beat by the Titans by 11 uh, and, and, and get beat by the Niners by 21. Uh, and, and let's remember when Mike McCarthy and, and Aaron Rodgers were at their, you know, apex in green Bay, they always had two or three games where they just lost. Like you were like, how did, how did they lose that game? Yeah, I
1: remember a couple of blowouts to tennis or uh, Tampa. Yeah. Um, yeah. When the, when I remember back when they would lose, it was just a complete meltdown. Like yeah. they just looked bad all over the place. So yeah, I, I agree with you there. Uh, but, it, uh, go yeah, ahead. How They respond. next?
0: Week. Yeah. And again, and that's, that's always the big key. A, a, a loss is a bad taste until kickoff of the next week, as long as they respond. And I really think they will. I, I think the Patriots are just a good matchup for them. Because, you know, I, again, if, unless you're a team, the, the, the teams that beat Dallas are going to be teams that are willing to only have their quarterback throw 21 times. And, and Dobbs was 17 of 21. But they're going to run and, run and run and run and run and run when they shouldn't. And I still believe what Dan Quinn does, that there's, just, there's not enough teams in the NFL that will do that consistently enough.
1: That's very true. You're, you're betting on the odds. You'll probably win 70% of your games playing this style of defense. Yeah. Just, right? just hopefully you won't run into a team like the 49ers who can run just as well as they can pass.
0: Yeah. And even then with the, the Niners, the last, you know, the last game last year, Dallas actually controlled their running game. Like the running game was not what beat da- what beat Dallas in that one. Hey, what was uglier to you? Carolina and Seattle uniform games or what the Dolphins did to the Broncos, which was a pretty damn ugly game too, just because of the Broncos uniforms.
1: You 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 kind of cut out there. All I heard was Carolina and then hear anything else after that.
0: Yeah, we had some, uh, had a technical issue right there. Uh, what I was saying was what was uglier, the the Carolina Seattle game uniform wise or Miami Denver on the scoreboard wise?
1: Oh, that is a good question. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Miami game.
0: Dude, as a team already quit on a coach two weeks into the season?
1: In Denver's defense, Justin Simmons and Frank Clark were out on defense.
0: So that's a 70-point swing?
1: (laughs) But in Miami's defense, they were also without Jalen Waddell.
0: Geez, yeah, you're right. Didn't even think about that, man. I I, I had to
1: activate Chosen Anderson from the, or Robbie Chosen from the uh, practice squad.
0: (laughs) Dude, the the practice squad rules after uh, COVID are so weird now because Rodney Anderson's a seven year pro, been a pro bowler, yet's on the practice squad. I mean, which I like. I'm I'm glad it gives players like that a chance because if it wasn't for that, he probably wouldn't be on a roster anywhere. Um, But. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I seriously have got you, you, you know, and I jokingly said this to you and you pointed out, and I remember he had said that uh, YouTube channel, That's Good Sports, who's a big Bronco fan. I, I agree with him. What devil did the Broncos sell their soul for a couple, you know, for the, the two Super Bowl runs with Peyton Manning? Because every move they've made before it explodes looks good. The Russell Wilson trade, that seems smart. Nathaniel Hackett, that seems smart. Sean Payton, that seems smart. And yet here we are, not only is the offensive struggle, but the defense, which was supposed to be the bell cow of the team, no matter what, I don't, I'll be honest with you. I don't know how they come back from this.
1: I mean, just seeing Mike White throw a deep bomb to Robbie Chosen and then Patrick Sertan the second just trailing after him says a lot about the Broncos in that game. And I have no idea where they go from this. Uh, they have a really good defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph. So I'm just shocked that this even happened. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure where they go with this. I think I'm going to watch that good sports today just to see what his take is. Oh, it's great. He's that. already
0: posted it. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. I
1: mean, you, you look at the stat line for this. Uh, Miami, they had what, 724 <laughs> total combined yards. Wow, And they almost broke the record for most points in a single NFL game. The the record now or still, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Washington beat the Giants back in 1966, 72 to 41.
0: That's regular and, season, though. Chicago beat Washington 73 to nothing. Uh, right. I can't remember. And you mind, talking so about.
1: Miami was in line for a field goal with 30 seconds left. And then Mike McDaniel was like, yeah, we'll just kneel it. We're not here to break records. We're here to just win it go to the next week.
0: So here's the weird thing though. Denver next two games are the bears and the jets. <laughs> so there's a really good chance that they're going to be two and three. I mean, I, I, I see them be, cause you don't talk about, you don't talk about a team that's uh, struggling and, and you know, the jets, we know what's going on with them, uh, but the bears, I mean, as bad as the score looked for the Denver game, the Bears looked worse in their game because at least with the Broncos, you can just go, hey, you chalk that up to the, everything the Dolphins w- did worked. And it did. Everything worked. Those games happen. usually not to 70 points, but well, the Bears, yeah, yeah. huh?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, when you have two running backs getting eight combined touchdowns, <laughs> And almost combined for, I think they got like over 370 combined yards between them. That's just a throwaway. The best thing about that for Denver is it was one game.
0: It was one game and it was, you're getting your ass kicked so early. You have, and this is one of the reasons why it it kept being scored. They kept getting scored on. You're getting your ass kicked so early. You've already processed and moved on probably before you've even hit the plane. So it's, there are some positives to that, and again, they're on. They're in the. They're at the Bears' noon this Saturday. Uh, they host the Jets in two weeks. Uh, then they've got the Chiefs, the Packers, and then the Chiefs again. I, I think they'll be two and three. Watch them be two and three, because I think the Bears. Look, a lot of shit happened last week with the Bears. Like, not even talking about Justin Fields and him talking about the coaching. Uh, their defensive coordinator may or may not have had an FBI raid. Even if he didn't, he was definitely asked to retire, as they said, because of immoral and wrong things. That's just creepy in of itself. Um, you know, Nothing
1: it, illegal, apparently.
0: Yeah, nothing illegal, but they did a forensic search just to be sure. And I loved how they went, oh, we do that for everyone. Well, no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> hey. You you don't do a forensic search for everybody that leaves the, you're telling me when Matt Nagy was fired, they forensic searched his laptop. No, Uh, something was, something was going on probably to do with uh, sexual things that, you know, we don't want to talk about, but the Broncos is like on fire. Their bandwagon is burning. The bears passed them at 90 miles an hour burning and about to fly off a cliff. I hate to say this, but I'm enjoying the hell out of watching this. I love. I mean, as much as I love the great stories, you got to have a couple teams every year that are just what the is going on. We thought it was the Broncos last year, and they're reaching. Okay, I'll admit it. I'm excited for that game next week. I want to watch Broncos Bears. In fact, I will have I will have my red zone channel on the big TV. I am going to have Broncos and Bears on my laptop. I'm not kidding. I want to watch this abomination because it's either going to be three to nothing or 77 to 76. I don't think there's, there's any in between
1: because <laughs> the bears defense is trash, even with their uh, upgrades. So I'm um, be funny if it was still three, nothing.
0: Well, yeah. And to bring up a point, you know, again, everybody's going to ha- hammer in on the, the whole 70 points and all, but Chicago, let me, I'm going to make sure I have this right before I say this yeah, they were down 30 to nothing at half. The, the Chiefs very easily could have pulled and pushed and, and tried to be, hey, let's let go. I, I think it would have been kind of cool if, the, if they would have and then scored 71 and then just kind of <laughs> pointed at the scoreboard of the Dolphins. But, no, they they very well could have done the same thing if they wanted to.
1: You can't talk about this game without talking about who was at the game. Really? We have to talk about Taylor Swift,
0: man. All right. So the whole rumor. First off, I I, resp- I actually think she's probably a pretty cool person because I could see them her coming to the game and all that just to play in on the whole. Are they dating or are they not? Oh. I'm gonna say this as lightly as I can. <laughs> if you know Travis Kelsey's dating history, she's he,
1: not his type.
0: <laughs> she, she's not quite as type. Whether it be. Whether it be color of skin or width of hips, however you want to call that, <laughs> but that 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 does. I mean, and honestly, just the I, I know they're around the same age, I think. But the way he yeah, looks, um,
1: early to mid, like 33, 34.
0: Yeah, and the way that they, the way he looks though, the way she looks, he looks like she, he could be her daddy, and I don't mean like in the proverbial sexual sense. Like he looks fifteen years older than her. But yeah, dude. I thought that was actually fun. Uh, that that was cool. I've always said I'm not a big into her music, but just reading stuff and she seems like she's actually a, a chick that kind of gets the joke on being famous and stuff. So it wouldn't shock me if half of that was literally them just doing that as like you know, hey, this is the rumors. Well, hey, why don't you come watch the game and we'll just really blow everybody's mind.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, man. Seven said all that. I, I'm not really into her music either, but. Apparently, she's a really good performer. A lot of people have complimented her concerts recently. Her and Beyonce are both on big tours, and they're both getting a lot of love. Um, yeah, I, mean, I just felt that it was hilarious, and I, I I wish Patrick Mahomes targeted Kelsey twice as much as he did because it was it was just more entertaining at that point.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, things that I know. Some people old school will complain about but i mean that's the thing that makes the sport fun like that that was fun it was fun watching Scott Hansen of Red Zone getting all geeky about it and like you're not going to believe who's at the game and and then them showing her and she's all yelling and screaming and Travis Kelsey pointing after her at one point and I, I, I don't know i think that I, I think that stuff's kind of fun and it's it's and this easy. Is where like
1: hey sorry to cut you no, off no, go like, ahead. this is where like the old school you know old guard doesn't really get it Deion Sanders, who was part of that all guard, did get it because he brought some of that swag, that personality, that entertainment part that sports really do need to get a wider audience. You I mean, heck,
0: why them. do you think
1: they have random people that should not be associated with football doing football uh, halftime sh- Performances
0: at the Super Bowl. And on that note, Usher Usher was named as the halftime host. I like Usher. I like Usher from like 2002. I don't know. I legitimately don't know what he's done then. But you're right. You know, I always get. I always love. There's that certain subset. Well, Metallica needs to perform. Well, hey, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Metallica's pretty cool. But the concerts are not for me and you. I haven't. I haven't really watched a concert at halftime of the Super Bowl in a while. Um, I don't hate them.
1: Two years ago when Eminem and Snoop.
0: And yeah, that Dre was a good one. I think I was at your house on that one, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: two yeah. years ago. Yeah. yeah,
0: that was a good one. But I mean, I, I didn't like I wasn't excited. It was like, oh, cool. I want to see. I mean, I, I I guess I was excited, but like the 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 the, the, the halftime is for the girlfriends and, and the people that are not football fans, but they're at these Super Bowl parties because their significant other or their group of friends love football and they're watching the Super Bowl. It's genius. And, and mm-hmm. for people not to understand how genius that is, well, I'm sorry, because there's going to be a 10 year old girl who's a big fan of a band and she starts, oh, I kind of like football now. I watched, you know, I was all ready for this uh, this halftime and I ended up watching the game and now I'm a football fan. Uh, but yeah, to me, I think this stuff's kind of fun.
1: Like with Division III uh, Shenandoah, you have a woman that actually plays. Did you see that Ellie play? Reed.
0: Did you see her play? She should have got hit for a roughing the passer. <laughs> she came in like she uh, that would have been sexist terry oh yeah it would have been oh what if it had been a, a a female official throwing the flag on her then that would have just been all types of stuff uh, but yeah she uh she got in on a couple plays good for her uh yeah. one of the schools that i cover in high school they have a female player that's a non-kicker she does uh deep snap she hasn't started but she's their, their backup deep snapper um, I'm all for that. And again, I know old, oh, there are going to be a subset ah, football for rotten bay for women. Well, who cares? Let it,
1: you know, she's five, 645 pounds. So three D three football will probably be her best bet for Nambi. But you know, as this gets more popular, you'll see women. I'm a five You can see women, my height, maybe 180 pounds chisel, you know, just playing, I don't know. Receiver, prove it. Show me some
0: pictures of those. I want to see this. Show me a five ten chiseled. Anyway, um, (laughs) there was that chick a few years ago that was on, uh, like the Nike commercials. I think it was the first one that got a scholarship in it, but she didn't last. She played like three years, had three tackles and quit. But I mean, women are never gonna take over the sport. I, I do think that there should. I would love to see a legitimate female league and not the lingerie bowl or anything like that. um, I'd love to see a legitimate league because I mean, you you look at women that play soccer and women play basketball, their athleticism, it it might not match a guys, but why does it have to just, I I would, I would watch a a female league, a real female league, the the lingerie bowl. Like, yeah, when I was 25, that was cool. And now it's like, Oh look titties. And then I'm, I get bored because they're still, I know, I know they're competing, but I don't care what you say put a bunch of guys out there in shoulder pads and underwear, you, you can't lay full out. Like you can tell there's a part of them like, okay, I'm not going to die for this ball because my titty will pop. And so, you know, you, you got to be wearing pads. But, yeah, again, we could do a whole thing about how sometimes the football leagues aren't fun and the sports in general gets too serious. Kind of what my take is all year about, well, just like this game. Oh, my, I, I've been in an argument on Facebook. Micah Parsons ain't a great player because he had a bad game. Like, Jesus Christ. By the way, he had, he still had a sack. That's how good Michael Parsons is. That was a legitimate bad game. That was probably one of his worst games as a cowboy. He still had a sack, and he still lived in the backfield.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah. Uh, go Going back to the entertainment piece, just one more thing. Yeah, I go mean, ahead. I would say WWE kind of were well, the trendsetters in this. With their WrestleMania peg reviews, that's like their Super Bowl. And they'll have all kinds of guests just to get any kind of mainstream attention. All these other sports, they started doing it way later, but it it works. It really does work. You just have to embrace that you're not gonna make your diehard fans happy, but the diehard fans are always going to be there no matter what. You got to get in more people. that that means more money, and everybody loves more money.
0: Well, and that's the thing: is anything done is never for the fans that are going to be there anyway. None of that's for us. We're going to be there anyway. Um, Go back to Dion. You know, he's one of the first ones when you think about it with uh, MC Hammer.
1: Yes, that's true. I mean, you would be the 91 Falcons. Yeah,
0: you would have like the Cowboys always had famous people on the sidelines. Um, Monday night football in the 70s and 80s. You always had famous people on the sidelines, but you would just you would shoot down to them and it'd be like Larry Hagman, Dallas, and that would be it. Go ahead.
1: Going back to the race aspect that you mentioned with Sanders, Uh-oh. what were people saying about Joe Namath in the '60s when he was doing the uh, pantyhose commercials and wearing mink coats on the sideline? Nothing. He's entertaining. Yeah, probably confusing. Probably confusing film. some
0: forty-year-old men when they looked at his legs in the pantyhose. Why am I getting <laughs> Oh no, you—you. You, I mean, we could we could talk all day about that, but yeah, there, there's definitely a. I, I, it's not just race it's but i mean it, it it is race but it's also culture uh like mc hammer uh, i guarantee you there was a, a certain set of atlanta falcons fans that every loss they were like well if deon Sanders and them didn't have mc hammer on the sideline i bet if it was yes. hank williams jr they'd have won um but yeah it's race it's culture it's all that and and it's you bring up a good point. Everybody's like, wow, no, you just opened up something. Everybody was laughing about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. You know, it was cute. Ha, ha, ha. What if it was Lamar Jackson and Rihanna? What would be the reaction then from the average NFL fan? How would that – would that have gone over as well? Or would we get the – well, if he was paying attention to football. Well, I say that, but then you got Tony Romo and Jessica Simpson – she was basically. I still halfway believe they never got married or got had a long relationship because the cowboy fans blamed her for whatever they blamed her for. NFL that, fans are old. The pink
1: jersey, man.
0: The pink jersey, which actually created a complete trend in there. Uh, what was worse, the, the the Jessica Simpson or the Cabo trip?
1: <laughs> Cabo trip. Oh God.
0: I don't know. See, this is what happens when when we when cowboy fans or when Noe and I lose our teams lose. We just mire ourselves in other bad cowboy seasons. I'm not lying. I was looking at the 1987 Cowboys on Pro Football Reference this morning.
1: A strike-shortened season. Yeah, I,
0: yeah. That, like it that would have mattered for them. That was the worst seven, eight, in whatever team they were. All right, other games. Oh, hey, we we got. You want to talk about shit?
1: Should we go back to college? Because we just kind of abandoned no, no, no,
0: no, <laughs> uh, no, no. I want st- to, I want to stick here because we got to talk Chargers Minnesota, dude.
1: Oh yeah, someone had to win or or tie.
0: But it's still, it still, <laughs> in some way, was the most Charger Minnesota way. The Chargers, th- they've got the game. Just punt, just punt. You're going to win. They don't punt. They give the Vikings the ball at their own uh, at the Chargers twenty eight. And then Kirk Cousins throws an interception into the end zone. I mean, that was like the most charged. That wasn't his fault. Huh?
1: That wasn't his fault. How so? He threw it in only position where Hawkinson. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, I get what you mean. Sorry.
1: Because this is the Vikings and ricocheted off of Hawkinson and into Kenneth Murray for an interception.
0: Well, and this is what you talked about. This is Minnesota coming back to the mean. Last year, they lived on the one-score win. This year, they're they're living, or should say dying, on the one-score loss. Uh, for the Chargers, uh, they lose Mike Williams. Uh, as, as you were telling me that, I said to you, he's one of the biggest what-ifs. I legitimately thought when he came into the league, he could eventually be a Randy Moss-type and he was headed that way. He was headed that way this year. But he can never stay healthy. But when you look at the Chargers stat line, it looks great, man. 40 of 47 for Justin Herbert, three touchdowns. Keenan Allen, 205 yards on 18 receptions. Uh, the run game looked pretty decent, even without Eckler for a second game. Yet somehow they only scored 28 points. And and, and also they they could just never shake Minnesota. I don't know, man. What if? What do the Chargers do? How do they stop being this team that only seems to win when the other teams are just so bad?
1: You know, I don't even know if it's a coaching thing. I mean, part of it is a coaching thing because Staley did the same thing last year, I think, against Cleveland.
0: Yeah, I think it yeah. was. Yeah, because yeah, that
1: I mean, was been winning. But, like, I mean, you go back to that playoff game against the Jaguars, 7-0, and they still lose. This is not good. You know, the, oh, also, I was going to say both teams had exactly 475 yards uh, total offense. That's
0: perfect. But, I mean, this is a charger thing that's been a charger thing, honestly, since Marty Schottenheimer. Like, you, you, you want to go and look and wonder. We joked about, you know, you know uh, did Denver 10 years ago sell their souls? Did, did San Diego sell them souls to, to get to the 94 Super Bowl or something? Oh, oh,
1: because that, that oh. seems more in line because, oh. you know,
0: they're all he dead.
1: Crossroads demon. You signed a contract.
0: Planes are going t- down. Oh, yeah. One of those players are
1: not, no longer among the living.
0: You know, Maybe I've obviously. never, I, I, I've seen one video, I think, and I linked you to, you talking about somebody, it might've even been your, your big old buddy, Jack Gator fan or whatever his name is. He kind of brought oh, up. Okay. Well, I mean, you like watching him. I'm not, I not mean that in a bad way. You like watching him and he's got good videos. I just, I, mean, I, I don't like people that take 20 minutes to tell a five minute story i get it for youtube you got to draw things out for the views but anyway I, I think he brought it up but the 94 chargers that might we might have to have a look back on them one off season because there's just a lot of weird shit and not even the deaths but just a lot of weird things but anyway talking about you don't
1: the- bring in miami if we bring up that team
0: you and the owen 2 miami dolphins so are you talking
1: yeah, about yeah, but 94 Miami field goal against San Diego? That would have taken them to the championship game and they probably would have beat Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah. But I mean, that's for me, what's what makes San Diego is, is everything that happened afterwards. Again, tragically, we're not trying to make light. Of, I mean, we are, cause it's just kind of a running joke, but tragically, just how many, People since then have died in random ways. It's not like you know, like one died of a plane crash. Junior Seau killed himself, and I'm just going off top. That's the only two. But I mean, others. I just think that that, that makes it more of an interesting thing. But now for the current Chargers, I mean, okay, you fire your coach. What next? I mean, you you still you still have got a team that for whatever reason just can't get out of their own way. They're good enough to scare every team in the NFL. I don't think any team would be like, yay, we're playing the Chargers if it was for the Super Bowl. But then I don't think any team would be like, oh, crap, we're playing the Chargers, it's the Super Bowl. I, I, I don't know. They're just we, we joke about the Cowboys being self-bitten and all, but the Chargers, to me, have surpassed any franchise over the last 10 years, 15 years for being just weird ways to fail.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, I could just point at different years of '06 Chargers. That was Schottenheimer's last year as an NFL head coach. They were 14-2. and two. Tomlinson wins MVP. And then they were just mistake-prone against the Patriot team that was really kind of a step down from their prior three Super Bowls. But was that
0: the injury? Was that when LT was hurt and Rivers was hurt?
1: No, uh, that was '07. That right. was
0: '07. the next year. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, next year they made it to the conference championship. That
0: was game. their best chance. And yeah. I think if they're healthy and they beat the Patriots, I think they win the Super Bowl. Well,
1: Patriots were undefeated that season, so it was still a tough task. No, but, but I'm you're saying right, I, they I a think goal or they had a lot of red zone stops in that conference championship game. So they had to settle for field goals where they should have scored touchdowns. So that was kind of the difference in that game. So you're right. You're
0: right. I I just think that that was a really good uh a really good uh charger team. Uh and you yeah, know that, I, kinda, that kind of that kind of uh, that that's that whole playoffs kind of I think for a while gave uh, uh, San Diego fans a bitter taste about LT because remember he wouldn't play he was hurt and just wouldn't play and that, and, and he
1: wasn't he wasn't really high on Philip Rivers either he had said some comments about yeah. Rivers
0: on that's right I forgot about that dude
1: and then he kind of basically willed them past the Colts in that divisional round to get them to the uh, conference championship game so
0: well yeah and he was hurt yeah. in that game. Uh Um, but yeah, they lost to the, they lost to the Patriots in that game 21 to 12. Um, but yeah. So anyway, for whatever reason, the chargers are just snake bit, um, and it's just weird because you know, like I said, Dallas plays them in three weeks, and it would not in any way shock me if Dallas loses that game thirty-five to fourteen. It also would in no way shock me if Dallas wins that game thirty-five to fourteen. You just don't know what you're going to get, and I don't know if if Staley's necessarily the problem, but I don't know if there's anything that you can really point to as the problem. I will ask you this: at what t- at what point, does people start pointing at Justin Herbert?
1: Uh, that'll be a long time. I Why? Mean, I know. Well, you have to pretend this is not the Dallas Cowboys. You don't just start immediately blaming. Oh, the quarterback.
0: only make a note of that. You don't have to immediately blame the quarterback. Okay, I'll fall that away. I never thought about that.
1: Even again, like her Romo's numbers in that 2013 game I keep referencing against the Broncos were better than Herbert, and Herbert had a fantastic game. He had I, over yards in this game. He had three touchdowns, only sacked once. Yeah, forty to forty-seven. It, he had a great game by all means, but if they had lost this game. If he if it was the Cowboys losing this game, yeah, they would have just blamed him.
0: Now I will say this. I always felt that that game actually started turning people's perception of Romo because I mean, there was still the the group that was like, hey, Romo will never win. He threw an interception. But there was also more and more people going. Like, I can remember ESPN doing multiple segments the week after, like, hey, you know what? Maybe it's not Romo. Maybe when you throw for five touchdowns. And if you don't remember, uh, Denver was up like two scores early in that game. And and he just kept dragging Dallas back to it. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, and and, and I remember a lot of people finally kind of going, hey, Maybe it's not always Romo. Now, difference with last yesterday's game with Dallas, I, I think I do think Dax gets a little bit more of a break when it comes to that. Like, if Dallas would have lost yesterday 35-34, I don't think anybody would have been in any way blaming him. Um, but, yeah, the, the blame is weird. It's weird on all quarterbacks. I've never understood why quarterbacks were supposed to be so important. I mean, I get it. They throw the ball. They, But I, I don't really – I don't believe in that leadership thing. I think that gets so overblown. You never hear a bad quarterback. You never hear a quarterback who's 3-30. and Nobody goes, oh, he was a really good leader. You only hear that when they win. So are they great leaders or did they win and everybody's just conditioned to say, hey, we won. It must be the quarterback. He's a great leader.
1: I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, Brock Purdy, Alex Smith have all proven that you can win without having the gaudy
0: stats. But well, were they yeah. good leaders? I mean, was Jimmy G a good leader in San Francisco? But last night, he's not when he throws three interceptions?
1: Well, in that case, Garoppolo did get basically pretzelled. Yeah. He, he was like, into a pretzel, and then he was not good after that. Yeah. No, that's when he threw three interceptions.
0: I but, know, but I'm just saying, I mean, th- that's the point, though, like. I, I, I just think that that's a lot of things that just get kind of overblown. I, I'm not saying there's not I, – I do think there was an era where quarterbacks were more leadership-like. Like, you had to shut the huddle up. You had to do this. You just don't really see that anymore. Like, you watch any films, and it's usually just quarterback, what's the play? Here's the play. Go do the play. And, and that's it. And I, I just – I don't know. It's a topic for another day. Anyway, let's look at some other games. Uh, what other games you want to talk about from yesterday?
1: Oh, well, now that we're done talking about Cowboys. Yeah, <laughs> let fine. Me look I told you else. it was going to be long.
0: Oh, hey, Cleveland, Deshaun. Houston.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, Cleveland. Yeah, go, ahead. Uh, go
0: yeah, ahead. Speaking of Houston, Deshaun Watson had maybe his best game. Dude, that was an impressive win. Cleveland's front four and Cleveland's defense has been pretty solid already. And if Deshaun Watson starts playing like the old Deshaun Watson, Jerome Ford looked pretty good as a backup running back. They've got Kareem Hunt. Amari Cooper had a hell of a game. Um, I am very, I was very impressed with that game.
1: Good bounce back for Cleveland, having lost their heart and soul, as they say, Nick Chubb, who had a pretty good um, diagnosis. It seems like his career won't be over, yeah. which is good. He's one of the best pure running backs in football. So it's nice that he'll be back next year, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that defense looked dominant again for a third straight game. They they were all in that backfield. And Tennessee, I mean, as great as Cleveland defense was, as good of a performance Watson had with almost 300 yards, a couple touchdowns. What does Tennessee do? I mean, Derrick Henry only had 20 yards on 11 carries. Yeah. Tannehill was... Deer in a headlight. He did not look comfortable in that pocket. 27-3 Cleveland. They're playing like the hard-nosed style they used to play back in the 80s when they were making the playoffs and conference championship games, three out of four years. So it's a a dangerous-looking team.
0: The the thing that saves Tennessee is the fact that they're in the AFC South. Um, I mean, just to – we'll we'll piggyback that here in a second and, and move over to Houston. But they're in the AFC South. Um, Derek Henry's kind of made a career of looking very pedestrian for five weeks of the season. And then about week six, seven and eight, that's when you start to see him ramp up. Um, I, I still think Tennessee's coaching is the most overrated coach in the NFL, like not even close. I, I think just, uh, the, the, I think part of it simply because he played for the Patriots and that's a, you know, he's a Bella check and, and all that, but, but I, I think, Tennessee's coaching has literally held them back, and I think it will be. But, again, they're in a division where the Jacksonville Jaguars have lost now like three or four games in a row to Houston or some weird thing like that. Uh, For whatever reason, Houston just has Jacksonville's number as they beat Jacksonville 37-17. to It got so bad that tight end slash fullback Andrew Beck picks up a, a squib kick and returns it like 85 yards for the touchdown. Uh CJ the
1: heaviest Stroud. player to ever score a kickoff return touchdown.
0: That's pretty cool right there. A the fact that pounds. F- A the fact that people actually know that's pretty cool. Uh <laughs> CJ Stroud looked legitimate. 20 of 30 for 280 yards, two touchdowns. Nobody's talking about Tank Dell, but that wide receiver, I mean, that's a combo right there. Wow, five catches, 145 yards, and a touchdown. That defense kept Trevor Lawrence uh, struggling. But they did that last year. Uh, Checking out my FanDuel lineups uh, at the beginning uh, of uh, Saturday, I was going in all the game notes, and I I made this mental note just to see what would happen in this game. But last year, they held him to 250 yards passing in two games, two touchdowns, and four interceptions. So for whatever reason he just doesn't play good against Houston and it also I think it shows us that Jacksonville as great as last year was and I think Jacksonville's doing a lot of right things Jacksonville's still a way away from being a legitimate AFC threat I think they're a, a playoff threat I still think they'll end up winning this division um but and I say that but I mean Look at, look at, you know, Indianapolis, man, I, <laughs> 22 to 19 win. Uh, Matt Gay has four field goals, all from 50 yards. I, I'll tell you this way. Are you as a cowboy fan? Would you rather have lost to Zona on the road or lose to Indianapolis at home?
1: Zona on the road. Cause Indianapolis, they're going with Gardner Minshew a quarterback. Yeah. Cause just out cause of the concussion. So losing at home to Indianapolis, who really without Richardson doesn't really Minshew is a good quarterback. Yeah. He doesn't really fit Steichen's offensive philosophy as much. But Steichen likes him because he's a pro. He's smart. He can get. He can figure it out. Yeah. But the Colts didn't win because of Gardner Minshew. They won because of their aggressive defense.
0: Very aggressive. Very aggressive. Now Baltimore was without seven starters. Um, but still Baltimore, they just, Baltimore does this. Baltimore will play really good against the chiefs and then play really bad against the Colts. I think they're going to be fine. Uh, bringing up the Pittsburgh game. I just want to bring up, um, excuse me. Uh, TJ watt, two sacks, uh, Micah Parsons could have 25 sacks this year and still not lead the sack race. TJ Watts is just like, I I think the question needs to start be having, is he better than his brother?
1: Oh, both are player of the year, right?
0: Both have been player of the year. Uh, TJ Watts, a three, four outbacker. Uh, his brother was a four, three DN three, four for a little bit, but mainly a DN. I, I don't know. I, the, the, we got to get TJ Watts career through, but I mean, I, I kind of have a feeling barring injury. There's going to be a watt brothers hall of fame thing. Cause I mean, TJ Watts special. And, and I will still say, I know it's, it's easy to say this. I still say, I understand what Dallas was doing when they took taco. Not that they took taco Charlton, but they didn't take TJ watt because they were a four, three team. And he's a three, four outside linebacker. I still think if you, if you put him in a traditional four, three without a Dan Quinn type of mad scientist, he would be a really good player, but he would not be an impact player. Now in saying that, Boy, wouldn't it have been nice if you would had T.J. Watt with Dan Quinn? Now we probably don't draft Micah Parsons, so you know it, it's it's either it's yeah. give or take. But I just wanted to bring that out. Yet last night, uh, that that was another great game by him. Uh, let's see, uh, Green he Bay.
1: Had a pretty decent game, but you can't really. You, you kind of have to step back and say, "Oh, well, the Raiders are not really the best defense." Yeah, and they were without Chandler Jones. Yeah. for you know comments he's made online. And then they were without Tyree Wilson, their high
0: draft pick. Yeah. I just laughed at Chandler Jones. Like, that's such the Raider thing. (laughs) Yes. I love it. Um, Hey, Jordan Love, boy, he added or he began his uh, mystique in Green Bay. Green Bay had come into this game. They'd won 10 straight at home to open the season. Home openers. (laughs) Uh, New Orleans for three and a half quarters looked amazing. They were up 17 to nothing. I had put on my notes uh, underlined, uh, is New Orleans the real deal? Could they be an NFC title contender? Which I think they could be. Uh, then De- Derek Carr got hurt. But more importantly, Jordan Love and that offense just woke up. They score 18 points and they get the win. Uh, that, that's I'm telling you what, man – I don't know what it is, but Green Bay, the last three quarterbacks, they sure have fucking hit that out of the park.
1: Yeah. I mean, love didn't have this best game. He did miss some targets that were wide open. I remember one over the middle to Luke Musgrave, the rookie tight end. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when, it, when it mattered, he had that great throw and cash to Romeo Dobbs. Yep. And you know, things did change when Carr got hurt. Good thing is it doesn't seem like it's going to be significant time. He's going to be out. So, you, you'll get, at least get one start from your favorite quarterback, Mr. Uh, Crab Legs himself.
0: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. They, they, they're um, uncommitted to him. So, we'll they, see. They,
1: you know, the Saints weren't a good-looking 2-0 and team to begin with, but no. they did have a good defense, so and could on them. Hey, hey, Green Bay's 2-1 and without Aaron Jones, uh, with a young inexperienced. Without Christian Watson?
0: Hmm? Christian Watson hasn't played.
1: Yeah, Chris Johnson has played, so it's it's pretty impressive. And Love is still looking really good. He's he's fairly well protected back there. So it, it and the defense is really showing up. So I'm really excited to see what they do the rest of the season. I always like these young teams. I mean, they just got young overnight. You know, they get rid of Rogers. They got rid of that's a good point. Cousard, yeah. They got rid of
0: uh, Cobb.
1: Cobb. So they got young overnight, and so far they're they're looking pretty pretty competitive
0: uh seattle beat carolina in a very exciting game 37 to 27 kenneth walker went off he had two for uh, second half tds geno smith still doesn't look quite right he threw a couple just really bad interceptions but then he also made a couple clutch plays uh carolina man i mean i it's weird saying this because they have a young quarterback blah 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 uh, dalton played decent for them in this game but they have started slow this year. I, I didn't really – I, I kind of thought Carolina would be the exact opposite and would start hot.
1: Yeah, I did too. Uh, Frank Reich seemed to have the quarterback he really wanted, and they got some good veteran talent in the offseason. So I, I, I felt that they would actually have a pretty fast start on offense. I knew the be defense because they can't really rush the passer, and they're great secondary, which it, when healthy, they have a really good secondary. Yeah. The problem is they're never healthy.
0: Yeah, that's kind of been an issue with them. Now, you have their game this week. We're just kind of blending in there as we're about to wrap up. You have their game next or this week. I say next week. It's this week as a toilet bowl game. I mean, record wise, yes, but.
1: Wait, wait. Go back. Who who am I talking about? Carolina. Carolina. Well, how many wins does Minnesota and Carolina
0: have? I know. Let me finish. 92 proof is working good at 11 Um, (laughs) a.m. You have it as a toilet bowl game. And I agree in theory, but this could be the most exciting game of the weekend because you know, no matter what Minnesota, it's going to be one possession. Uh, I I don't know yet if if Dalton will get his second start or if it'll be young, but either way, it's going to be a fun game. Um, Let's see. Oh, Detroit-Atlanta. Hey, Detroit won a defensive game. That's that's a big point, in my opinion, no matter what, is Detroit defensively still kind of their issue, and they held Atlanta, who I still think they've got to figure out the quarterback, and it ain't Desmond Ritter, uh, but they held Atlanta to six points, uh, and Sam Laporta, the new Gronk. Wow. The, the, the start he's had. You think T.J. Hawkinson in Minnesota is like, guys – I was doing that. I still don't understand that trade. I feel like something's going to come out later on that maybe him and, you know, him and Campbell didn't get along or maybe him and golf because he seemed to be a really good fit for that Detroit team last year. And and like, it seemed like he was really good and everything. And then they trade him off, but Hey, they got a great uh, draft pick with Laporta in it. So I am impressed with that win simply because it was a defensive game for Detroit.
1: I remember at the time of the trade, Detroit had only won one. We're struggling you know they didn't really. They, they last year they finished nine and eight, but yeah. they got most of their wins in the second half of the season. Yeah. So maybe it was just sell off some of your assets, get something in return for the future. It could have been that, or it, it could be some drama in the you know front office. Who knows?
0: Uh, let's see. Uh, San Francisco beat the Giants. I uh, you know again until the Dallas lost to the Cardinals, it the Giants or the the Niners seemed to struggle with the Giants way more than Dallas did. Not that the Niners really struggled with them, but they still.
1: Well, well, this is what the Giants did that the Cowboys did in the divisional round was just get in that backfield. They they blitzed. I think Purdy had 39 snaps. It's a good point. The the Giants blitzed 33 of those times. Yeah. So Purdy was pretty shaken to start the game, but then when he, he got, he started calming down, started, you know, checking down to uh, Debo. And some of running back. So, and then they started pulling away after that. I mean, it, it was, I think 17 to 12 at one point, And then the 49ers just assumed control. So uh,
0: uh, new England beat the jets in a game that should not have been close at all. I don't understand. Th- this is where, when I look at new England, I'm going, man, y'all, y'all are just, y'all are not going to admit that the, the, the offense is an issue with this team. I know the jets defense is good, but, but the Jets, you can also see on defense, are, are kind of grinding, being ground down. And yet, the Jets had a chance to, in the fourth quarter to win this game. Um, I, other than that, I just wanted to kind of blend that into that's who the Cowboys have to play this week is they're going to be taking on New England. Uh, I kind of feel like this is going to be a good bounce-back game. Uh, I, I think if Dallas was 3-0 and going into this game, I would be like, oh, this is a perfect chance for them to lose. But I, I kind of think... This I I, I kind of think that New England's a good medicine for Dallas to to get right offensively and defensively. I think I think what the Patriots are trying to do, Dallas matches up well with.
1: Do you think the Cowboy crowd is going to be happy to see Ezekiel Elliott as a
0: Patriot? I don't know, man. That's a you know. First off, he had a really good game against the Jets. He had eighty yards, five yards of carry. Uh, he was you know. I think he was genuinely loved by Dallas. And I think that there's a belief that, and I'm not saying they're wrong on this, I think there's a genuine belief that part of the red zone struggles is Dallas doesn't have a true power back. Yeah, and I don't necessarily think they're wrong now in saying that it's not like Dallas has got inside the five and, and not been able to score their issue is from the 20 to the five they just don't that's where the tight end struggles has happened to be honest with you that's where 90 percent of it is I have been very disappointed in the Dallas tight ends through three weeks I I yeah. It's,
1: no production
0: well and they dropped the ball I mean it, they did have two touchdowns last week but even this week Jake Ferguson had two drops on, on plays that they weren't big plays but they, instead of second and ten it's it's second and five and, and instead of third and seven it's or seven and second and seven or instead of third and seven it's third and three and mm-hmm. that this offense with Mike McCarthy and what he does is very much predicated on the tight ends catching the ball. And so, you know, that to me is the issue, but you can't tell me New England ain't going to give Zeke the ball 25 times in this game.
1: Yeah. They gave him 16 times against the Jets this week. I I can only assume since that what they saw Arizona do, it wouldn't surprise me if him and Stevenson combined for over 200 yards and three touchdowns against the Cowboys.
0: I don't think that'll happen. I, I think, again, I will give Quinn credit. He he, bounced his game plans bounce back really good, like it's very rare that Dallas just completely craps the bed back to back weeks in the same way. Um, Also, again, I still think that this was just one of those where give the Cardinals a lot of credit, but Dallas just didn't play well. And I don't think that happens at home against the Patriots. I I I think Dallas wins this one, and I think you actually see and the Patriots defense is good, but as long as Martin and, and at least. One of the others is playing, whether it be Tyler Badaz. Now, he might be out a couple of weeks because he has the hamstring or Tyron Smith, which, by the way, what was Tyron Smith doing? He's dressed out and he just looked angry all game. So it, it, I
1: think he was frustrated how Dallas was playing on offense and they were trailing and he felt he probably should have been in that game.
0: Okay, so get in the game
1: not his decision.
0: Then take your clothes off. I mean, I just
1: agree. Uh, agreed. agree. I, I think mean, I, more I, of an
0: emergency. I, I get it in the first half. Like, Hey, you might can go, but if you're not going by halftime, just take off the uniform and, and just get in your street clothes and just deal with it. And if you're good enough to be in an emergency, well, okay. To me, it was kind of an emergency when that left tackle kept getting blown by, by unknown guys. This was almost as bad. Now again, Dak, kept it from being this way. It was almost as bad as that infamous Atlanta Sunday night game that where what's his name had 75 sacks against Dallas. That's how bad this dif- offensive line looked at times yesterday.
1: Yeah. I, I, like I said before, I really think Chuma being left tackle was more because they wanted Tyler at left guard for interior help because the center was also you know Tyler Biotish was out. So they really didn't have, much going on in the interior. Why Zach Martin was out too? The all-time great guard on the right side. So I really think they just need an interior help. They don't want anyone getting pressure off the middle. Having Tyler Smith at left guard increases the chances that that won't happen.
0: Well, see, so then I'll go back to again. Then at some point you go, okay, this ain't working. Tyler kick out, Cheeso, you go back inside, and we'll figure it out. Because again, yeah. the, the 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 Cardinals have a good solid front and they've gotten sacks this year but there's nobody in the middle of the cardinals that i'm thinking oh dear god we've got to have tyler smith in there that if, if that was their thinking and i'm not saying you're wrong then that's just bad thinking that makes no sense
1: that's the only explanation i could come up with watching this game that's the only one that actually would make sense to me but i, I agree with you I, I think it was a Bad call.
0: Hey, do you think that the primetime people are kind of wishing maybe they didn't lean on the New York team so much this year? Uh, you do get Kansas City versus the Jets <laughs> on Sunday night. That's going to be ugly. Now, the Seattle Giants game should be pretty good because the Giants are not as bad as what Dallas did to them.
1: If they blitz like they did against the 49ers in Seattle, I'm not sure how what the health status is of the the Seahawks' uh, tackles. Yeah, Austin Abrams, Abraham, uh, if, if they're still hurt, that could be a blowout win for the Giants.
0: Oh, see, I think if they try to blitz Geno, that they'll, they have the wide receiver. And I know San Francisco has a wide receiver core, but San Francisco's offense is just built different. Um, I, yeah. I, I That could be one of those games where, uh, the Giants have like six sacks, but they also give up 400 yards in passing. Cause that's one thing Gino does so well is he will sit in that pocket as guys are flying all around him. And he's going to, he's going to complete that throw before he gets it. You know what? You're right. That, that low key might be a really solid Monday night game.
1: Yeah, it, it could be, it could be something. It, it could be a, a wild game for all hey, we know.
0: Hey, last question. Um, Do you like, and, and a lot of it's because of the TV strike. Uh, but do you like how the NFL the last last week and this week are doing the double hitters are really not double hitters because they start within an hour of each other. But do you like the two games on Monday night?
1: I do because I hate waiting till 715 central time to watch Monday night games. It's kind of nice to have a 6 p.m. central time game.
0: On that note, I'm going to finish my 92 proof. I'm going to take a nap until the six o'clock game. That is out the coverage week four, three. I don't know. I don't ever know what to call it. We're talking week three stuff mostly, but we are week four in the season. We do appreciate everybody joining us. You can email us, odtcnfl at gmail.com. I guess I need to change that email since we also do college now. Uh, You can find us on Facebook at OutDrankU. Oh, October 16th, we're going to be back in studio. Uh, We're not going to be talking Cowboys that show because they're going to be playing that night. Uh, But on top of that, with the holidays coming up, uh, your schedule opens up more, so we're going to have some more Monday in-studio live shows. Uh, so be following us for that on our social media. Until week five, he's in turn. No, I'm Terry Bennett. This has been Out Drank the Coverage on L4 Media.